Hey, hey, today I am going to talk about the single event, the single marketing campaign that Zenmade has done that this year made us over $28,000. That is next on today's podcast episode. This is your host, Amar Ghosh, for the Surround Sound SaaS Marketing Podcast. If you didn't check out the first episode, I laid out kind of my high-level thoughts on marketing, what's helped uh, my company Zenmade go from zero to over $1.5 million in annual recurring revenue. I'm a marketing-first founder, and I'm trying to help other indie hackers, other software people like you. I'm trying to help you guys to figure out how to be uh, the big name in your industry, even if you don't have that many customers, how to essentially be everywhere and how to really build your business. That if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you've already got a great product, a great software. Uh, if you're anything like most of my Twitter followers and you're probably trying to figure out how to make marketing work for you. What I'm gonna share with you guys first is the the results of the Made Summit, which is this event that we've run for now three years. Then I'm going to go through the history a little bit, talk about the execution that we have, uh, that we've run through, how we have priced it, and then what we do after the summit. And yes, yeah, so everything that I'm about to talk about, it can be created by anyone. So the results that I got this year were were with the Zenmade team. We had part of the marketing team, essentially two dedicated people that were working on this. But the very first year that I did it, I was still leading the marketing. I was still doing almost all of the marketing. So I had myself and a VA who was helping to get this event off the ground for us. And it was very, very successful then. So if you're listening to this and you're still a solo founder. What I'm going to talk about today is a lot of work, but it has huge potential, a big upside for you if you guys wanted to put in the time. So just something to keep in mind that you can make this happen if you want to. And as you'll hear, you know, me talk about a little bit more in the first episode and in future episodes, it's really just about figuring out is now the right time for you to make a play like this? Or are there other quicker wins that you should be focused on first and you should be trying to get in place? So, the Maid Summit. This previous year was the third annual Maid Summit. We invited Maid Service consultants, Maid Service coaches, a bunch of industry influencers to come and to speak. I believe that we had 67 total speakers and 70 talks. So we got a lot of talks out of it this year. And so essentially in a nutshell, what this event did for us is it generated a year's worth of content. It helped industry influencers to build their audiences, a lot of them to make quite a bit of money. And generally it helped them to win. And of course, when they win, we win eventually. It's a high level principle. You'll hear me talking about a lot. We treat our influencers that way. We treat our customers that way. So it also increased our lead numbers. It generated a bunch of leads for us this year. We had 2,100 attendees. It generated a bunch of industry attention. We got almost 200 social media shares, which might not sound like a lot uh, if you're thinking about consumer numbers, but we're in a very, very specific niche. 
And so to be able to get that many shares in all of the different Facebook groups, I mean, God only knows how many people that put in front of us for, for the actual event. It increased our conversion rates, it lowered our churn numbers, and of course, best of all, it increased our, our monthly recurring revenue for the, for the software. A couple of the numbers to share here. We spent less than $10,000 in Facebook ad spend on it, somewhere like at around, around nine. And then we also paid paid out affiliates about $3,000 in terms of just, just like costs, right? But the big number, the one that really makes it all worth it in addition to all the other benefits that I just mentioned is that we actually got paid $28,000 to do this. And as mentioned in my first point, it was literally a year's worth of content of essentially posting twice a week, and we'll talk about them more later in the episode. Before I dive deep a little bit into the history and how we came up with the idea for the Made Summit, just a quick ask for you guys, if you find this episode valuable, if you um, think that you're actually gonna try doing a summit for your SaaS business, please, you know, let me know, drop me a DM. Uh, most of you that are listening to this are probably following me on Twitter. So, you know, give it a tweet, give me a shout out, whatever. Tweet at me with any questions, anything along those lines. Always helps, you know, I'm not obviously doing this for the uh, for the money. It just helps to connect with more people that want to get, like, want to get better with this stuff and to make some more, some more Twitter friends, which is always, uh, always nice. So, okay. <clears throat> So quick history of how we came up with this idea, where it sort of like came from. So obviously you guys have heard of virtual summits before. It's highly unlikely that anyone listening to this, that that's like a novel idea, right? So we had been thinking about it essentially since 2015, when you kind of saw summits have their heyday in the internet marketing kind of space. But if you're doing like B2B or something niche, oftentimes the internet marketing space is going to be a couple of years ahead of kind of what's going to let you get popular. Now, if you're providing a SaaS to other developers, that might not hold true. So this is something that you need to do some thinking for yourself and kind of figure out where you fall on this. But for, for B2B SaaS, particularly for older industries like maid services, there's usually a couple of year, um, of year delay. So the idea had been planted back in 2015, but we didn't think that our industry was really ready for it. And we weren't really sure how much effort it would take to actually make this event happen. And so what really got us to pull the trigger on this was we were trying to think of a way, how do we get people to share something that Zenmate has created without them feeling like they're necessarily endorsing Zenmade or sharing Zenmade. So one of the questions that I was asked before recording this episode is, why did you call it the Made Summit and not the Zenmade Summit or the Made Summit by Zenmade or something along those lines? And so that's the reason. It's because we wanted people to be able to share something. We wanted people that maybe had decided, you know, they were never going to use our software because they're champions of another software or you know we had a redesign that we launched that went horribly wrong and like burnt the trust of a bunch of like of our audience members we wanted even those people to be able to share something so we made it a completely separate thing from Zenmate even though it was obviously us doing it we weren't hiding the fact that it was that it was us so essentially we were trying to come up with an idea for that and we decided to finally give a summit uh, a shot there's also a ton of benefits that come out of it that we were aware of, some of which worked out, some of which like did not. 
but we figured that it would be a great way to kind of get to know more of the industry influencers that of course it would it would add value to to our our audience and you know we also knew that when you take kind of big shots like this that there's always going to be other uh, you know tangential benefits that maybe you wouldn't have like realized that you didn't think of uh, and etc and so you know as i talked about in the beginning with the results you know a lot of those things did come true that we really weren't weren't really thinking about. So in 2018, that's when we decided to to actually give this a give this a shot. So it was me and and a VA that were essentially doing the entire summit. So I did all of like the strategy, and then she helped me with some of the busy work. So once I had identified all of the speakers, she would go out and do all of like the outreach for me. Now this past year it was kind of a similar setup, except that our head of marketing spent I think maybe two months or so working on this essentially full-time and then also had a full-time team member of ours that maybe theoretically is a VA but is a very very high level VA one of the most talented members on our team so we had two top resources within Zenmade that were on it that managed to generate all of um, all of these like the, these results so in terms of team members and team size, that's kind of where it's where it's gone from when we started in 2017 to this uh, this most recent year that that we did it just increased resources and then of course as it became more of a known event in the industry we also we, we also began to get more of like of a reputation and so that's definitely changed some things and there's quite a few learnings that I'll likely share at the end of this episode about kind of what we've learned like over time. So now uh, I want to talk to you guys about the execution of this entire um, this entire strategy just to be clear like I did not come up with a lot of these things and most of these ideas have been cherry-picked from other places I believe it is the close.io blog that has an amazing free article that just breaks down how they went through and did like did their own summit and what their results were and all of that stuff I followed that I did also pay for a virtual summit course I don't actually remember how much that was, but that helped us to develop a lot of these strategies. And then a lot of the things we've kind of taken from other, you know, internet marketers, other events, all that stuff. So it's a big like mishmash. This is just the way that we did it. Everything that I talk about here, take it, make it your own. So. The first thing was this past year, we had, I believe it was 68 speakers and 73 talks. It might have been 53 or 58 and 63 I'm not not a hundred percent sure on that but but we had speakers that are primarily primarily focused on serving maid services that we had that spoke this year and so one of the most common questions that I get is how did you get all of the speakers and so the answer for that if we're just being completely like honest is so for me it was on easy mode because i already had relationships with most of the speakers that spoke the first year when we had i think 40 speakers so the first day that we kind of opened this up or whatever i reached out to i think it was 35 potential speakers and overnight had 24 confirmations of people that were willing to speak we did not pay any of these people to, to, to speak. The offer was essentially to just put them in front of a bunch of people for a very small amount of, of work. So to essentially to help them with their with their marketing and to give them the opportunity to sell 
to our uh, to our audience so that's what we did the first year but what I want to kind of emphasize there is that the relationships that I had with all of the speakers at that point were because I had done cold outreach or because I had promoted their products without asking for, for permission it's a concept of permissionless marketing I was doing that back in like 2014 2015 and so a lot of them we'd already helped in the past we invited them to speak on the old podcast that we used to have you know we talked to them about guest articles so that they could be introduced to the audience. We'd help them out when they were doing launches and things like that. So one of the best things about doing a virtual summit is that it gives you an opportunity to reach out to all of those people if you haven't already. So I don't want anyone listening to, to use that as an excuse, but you know we do all need to be honest with ourselves that you are gonna have a harder time getting speakers than you know than I did in like in, in my first year. It's going to take you more work and that's okay. So in terms of getting the speakers on board, that was where we started. And so then from there, we picked out all of the categories that we wanted people to speak about. And for that, we just did some basic keyword research. Uh, we already knew the categories really ahead of time. It was, I mean, we did keyword research to figure it out in the past of what were the categories that we wanted content on and that we wanted to be writing blog articles about and all of that stuff. So for us, I think that was like hiring, marketing, you know, automation and tech training sales you know back office management stuff like that that we knew were going to help us organically if you're doing b2b SaaS, then you know people always need help with product slash service and with marketing and you can probably just take those and break those down into like two or three smaller categories and you know you can just get get started there but that's how we decided on the themes that we wanted experts to speak about. But we did ask experts to make all of their own suggestions that we always want to play to people's strengths. So we didn't say like, oh, like for this article, we want someone to speak about XYZ keyword or how to XYZ keyword. We've told our speakers, these are the different categories or, or themes or topics that you can pick from. Or if this doesn't fit something that you want to talk about, then you can propose. It. And so if I remember correctly, I think that we ask each speaker to propose three ideas with a couple of bullet points. And then from there, we usually look at, you know, if we were to turn this into an article like after, which would kind of make like the most sense. And then there are, of course, sometimes where we go, okay, like that's something that we can't turn into an article, but that sounds really interesting and would probably get a lot of like a lot of eyeballs. So in that sense, it can be a bit of a, uh, of a judgment call. So in terms of marketing and getting um, attendees, well, actually, sorry, let me take a, take a step back here. So in, in terms of like executing this, in terms of organizing everything, we use a tool called Hey Summit, which I, it gets the job done, but we had a very, very frustrating experience with it. I think that they launched on AppSumo a couple of years ago. I think that we got a lifetime plan or something along like along those lines. And honestly, it kind of seems like they just used AppSumo for... I wouldn't necessarily say like a money grab, but maybe it didn't go as well as they expected because we haven't seen much development on it, you know... Let me let me just 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 put it put it this way. Like, if I were you guys listening to this, I would probably go and evaluate other 
Summit software. And if you can't find anything that works well for you, then like, hey, Summit will get the job done. But we had our fair share of issues that we've escalated to their team like a couple of times and just, you know, we, we didn't really get satisfactory responses. One amusing thing that I always find is my team at one point approached me and asked me if we could just straight up buy Hey Summit because they just wanted to like fix the issues and actually use the software the way that it's like meant to be uh, meant to be used. So that's essentially what we did there. And so if you find a software that's set up similar to that, then you essentially just create the speaker profiles. You you put in all of the information. You invite them to upload more information, and then you can give them access to do a live video or to upload like a pre-recorded video and uh, and all of that stuff so uh, I guess I'll talk about the marketing after this kind of as a separate kind of thing so over the years we've learned the various kind of mistakes and ways that at least work for us to manage all of the speakers and so we have everything in a couple emails now that you know we let everyone know kind of expectations dates and then we have essentially a follow-up sequence but what we do is we ask all of the speakers to do pre-recorded videos so uh, you guys may want to try to do something live we're trying to do things at such a scale that doing it live there's just too many potential technical issues it does suck a little bit that it's not live but we ask all of our speakers to be available in the chat and in our Facebook group when their talks are actually actually going on which kind of makes up for it but this upcoming year we may be taking a bit of a different approach to kind of get the the, the same results which I can talk about talk about next year if we decide to move for that that way so what we do is we have everyone upload their videos into a Google Drive and because we have the resources and we did this the first year as well but we just had to plan way way ahead we let the speakers upload all of their videos in any format that they want to as long as we can essentially open it and edit it so we open and review all of the talks we fix anything that they need in there like making minimal edits in terms of like cuts and stuff like that and then of course we ask for these a couple of weeks in advance of the actual summit so we can send some videos back which we have haven't had to do too much but we do have a couple uh, Russell Brunson style like consultants or marketers in our industry so each year we typically have one or two where it's like they talk for five minutes that's of like you know minimal very mysterious value and then they spend you know 45 minutes like pitching products with bonus after bonus after bonus and so those we we send back and have them re-record so we emphasize a lot in fact actually after the first year we actually now give them guidelines of if you're giving 45 minutes of quality content then you can spend 10 minutes you know pitching at the end if you're only talking for 20 minutes of content then you get five minutes to to pitch at the end and so we've made some adjustments around around that and then our team just has to go in, upload everything, uh, you know, kind of put together the talk descriptions and all of that stuff. We do ask all of the consultants to write those things themselves, but you know, Heather on our team who who this last year managed everything, she's a better copywriter than most of, than most of them. So she'll oftentimes rewrite the profiles or rewrite kind of the talks and like in the talk titles to get more a more engagement. So 
I think that's all for execution. I've probably forgotten a ton of things because I am trying to keep this, uh, keep this decently concise and short. So if I have missed anything there, please, uh, please let me know on, on Twitter because I guess you guys can't really leave comments for me wherever you're listening to this. So Twitter is the best place to hit me up. Please do that. Um, on to the next one. So next up we have marketing. How did we market this event? So the first year that we did it, it was 100% free. I'm going to talk about how the pricing has changed over time, but let's just assume that this is a free event for you guys, uh, for you guys like listening. The first year we asked all of the speakers to share in their various Facebook groups. And we also had permission from them to promote, you know, a couple of times. The really nice thing there is that none of the influencers were promoting or promoting the maid summit they were really promoting their specific talk but of course to, to see that talk you have to register for the maid summit and so that made affiliate or partnership advertising very very easy to do uh, I shouldn't say affiliate at least when referring to the first year because everything was free so that of course helped helped a ton in terms of in terms of signups. We also had a big email list already at the time. That's part of the reason that we were able to get so many speakers so quickly was because we pretty much just told them, "Hey, we have this many email addresses already that, you know, this event is going to be promoted to that you can be a part of, you know, for free." For some of the live events and stuff, you actually have to pay money in order to speak in our industry. So for them, this was just like an amazing amazing opportunity and that you know that made it a lot easier but again you know for my new business that I just bought into recently we're going to be running one of these summits at some point next year and we don't have a pre-existing list so we're going to be using it to build a big a big email list hopefully if everything goes goes according to plan so we had our email list we had our Facebook groups and then of course we asked all of the um, all of the speakers to also email their list so really when you think about it when you do a summit like this it's really a huge partnership marketing play from the first episode I was talking about how I'm likely going to get these episodes transcribed and edited and kind of turn them into a book this summit one will be a will be in the partnership section of that book because it's such a powerful partner uh, partner marketing tool this past year, we did also stack on paid advertising that I'd mentioned at the beginning. We spent almost $10,000 on paid advertising, which paid paid for itself with the uh, the money that we actually made for it. So I would not recommend doing paid advertising if you're planning on doing this event 100% like for, uh, for, for free. But if you guys are charging for this event, making it timely, you will likely see a big spike in emails that you'll probably see better results than if you guys are running ads on a regular ongoing basis already. Having something like this with true scarcity really does make a big, a big, big difference. So I think that's all on like on, on the marketing side. I mean, I guess actually one thing that we did was, and that this is something that you don't need to do if you don't have the resources or if you're not like a designer by trade, but the first year and then every year since, we've done custom graphics for every single speaker. We've had a team member go into Canva and actually make them a graphic for their, their talk. Hey Summit does provide kind of like a pre- 
you know, shown like thumbnail, but it's not, it's not as good as like, as it could be. And so we made every single partner their own, their own promotional graphic that then they could post, they could send out to the email list and all that stuff that promoted their specific talk. We even customized as many of them as possible to their color scheme. So it would fit all of their branding automatically. And we just made it so easy for them to share. Uh, so that, that was like a, like a little, that's almost more of like of a tactic than anything else, but that's a really good one if you guys have the the resources let me know if you guys have any questions again on twitter about any of this stuff like again i'm sure that i'm missing things um missing things from this so i believe that that goes through the execution in terms of making the event happen. I know there was a question on Twitter about how long did it take the team to organize and execute this? I believe that it took Heather and Nika from our team. I believe it was about two months of full-time work. So if you think about it, it was four months in terms of like, you know, one person's like man hours. It was a lot of work. And that's what I'd mentioned at the beginning. You know, there's definitely a time and a place to do this in terms of industry timing, in terms of you personally doing the timing on this, and in terms of where, like where your company is, you probably could do something along these lines in as little as two weeks. One thing to keep in mind is you can always scale this down and do like a one day summit that maybe just has five speakers. So everything that I'm talking about here, you can do it in a much shorter period of time. It's Parkinson's law kind of thing that tasks will expand to however long you give them. Uh, so yeah, that's just that's just kind of thinking out loud there on on like, you know, the marketing and then how long it took the team to actually do this. So, okay, let's get to the good stuff now. The good stuff would be how we actually made $28,000 from doing this event this year. Just to loop back to the beginning, the biggest actual benefit from this is that it creates a year's worth of content for ZenMate. It allows us to post uh, more than weekly, right? Like one and a half times a week or whatever to our blog with high quality, amazing content from, from very, very talented industry experts. And that's really why we were looking to do this is we were trying to figure out how do we make it so that content is created for us without me or or you know another maid service expert always having to come in and do that that was you know just it, it was not a good process it was taxing we just wanted to see if we could batch it and so how we made money from it this year is before the before the event even even like started before we even began promoting it we actually made twelve thousand dollars from sponsors this year so for sponsors we just asked all of the speakers if they were interested in sponsoring because a lot of them have consulting businesses, courses businesses, coaching businesses that are specifically for our clients. So we put that out there and I think we might have had eight sponsors in total. Uh, I can tell you it was too many sponsors. We're cutting it next year, I think in half because because it just didn't really, really work. But from eight sponsors, we got $12,000 and I believe that out of the eight, I want to say five or six of them were folks that were actually speaking at the summit that wanted their companies to sponsor as well. And then I think we found a couple of others by reaching out to folks that had sponsored industry events, like in-person industry events in the past. That's a really great way. Actually, this is a tip going back to speakers. And then again, now for, for sponsors is if you're listening to this episode and you 
and you're not sure where to find people, check out events that have already happened in your industry for folks from your industry, whether they're in person, whether they're online, whether they're webinars, and start by reaching out to those people that have already done presentations. That's a really great way to source uh, sponsors and a really great way to source speakers. So that's how we made $12,000 before we even opened up this event for registration. So where did the other $16,000 come from? Well, the other $16,000 were directly from ticket sales for this event. Now, the first question that you're probably thinking or asking yourself there is, wait a minute, Amar, I thought you said this was free. And the event itself was free. So what we did is we did not want to charge for the event because that would really severely limit how much people would share it and how many people would sign up and how many people would get value from the actual event. That we want to actually help as many people here and hopefully the more people that we help, the more people that will end up coming to us for the for the software so what we figured out to do i think the second year that we ran this event is we made the event 100 percent free for the five days that it was running and then for the 48 hours after the event was live so i forget the exact dates that we did it but we ran it from monday to friday and then anyone who was registered could watch any of the talks any of the replays of all of the talks until the end of the day on sunday and after that point, then it became $97 for people to access all of the replays uh, on an ongoing basis, lifetime access. So prior to the event, these packages were $67 and everyone knew that after the event started, it would go up to $97. So that generated a ton of business for us beforehand. And after the event, took place, then people began paying $97. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, it might have actually been 97 and 147 this year. I do think that we bumped up the, the price on there, but we had we had 101 all-access uh, passes that were actually paid for this year, and that was out of, out of 2,000 total attendees. So that added up to almost $16,000 in revenue for us. In addition to the $28,000 that the Maid Summit brought us in, there were also a lot of software benefits for us that of course we're a software company. That's where we actually make all of our money here. We saw like our MRR increase. I talked about in the beginning of the episode how our conversion rate got better, our, our leads went up, our churn rate went down. We didn't track all of these things exactly, but we have tracking stuff like in place to show us where we're trending and we can look at the exact numbers and so that's not why we did the event but it certainly is a very very nice thing the other added benefit that we had here and some of you guys may not be to this point yet some of you guys may have started started here in the beginning but Zenmate has usage-based pricing so the more successful that our customers are the more that they use our software the more they use our software the more money that we make and so starting I think when we had our second summit we'd switch to usage-based pricing and in both summits since then we've been able to see that more people are actually upgrading on Zenmate and are essentially being able to hire more because at least in part of the help that they're getting from this free event. 
So now let's talk about the, the post-summit strategy that we've employed of how to really make the most of this and how to essentially make all of the work worth it. Everything that I've set up until now, making $28,000, boosting all of our numbers, you know, getting talked about in the industry, more leads, all that jazz, it's all really, really nice. But what we actually wanted to do when we had first launched the made summit is we were trying to create content to batch create content so we weren't having to chase down speakers every single week to talk to us or for me to have to write articles personally you know it was just becoming a real challenge a real hamster wheel and so what we have done to solve that problem that the made some really helped with is we repurpose all of the content, all of the presentations that are given annually, we turn that content into a couple of things. So each, each uh, video will be turned into a written blog article, sometimes two or three. We have a couple talented writers that are freelancers that we pay that will, that will take each talk and we'll try to pull out either a full article or multiple articles if there's maybe smaller more interesting things that depends a lot on our speakers some of them are very good presenters and will have you know a very I don't want to say coherent train of thought but they'll have like a very specific topic that they're talking about others will be more story based and if you listen to the actual talk you can find two interesting stories with good lessons and so we, we allow our writers kind of uh, freedom to pick out what are the best thing. So we have that. Of course, we publish every single video on YouTube after the summit is done. Now, it's not immediately after the summit is done because, as I mentioned, we charge people for lifetime access. So how do we do that? What we do is we drip out one video every single week. And so that takes us until the following year when we do the next the next made summit. And so what we tell people is, hey, you can either pay for instant access to all of the videos right now and then you can watch them immediately. You can pick out, you know, what's going to help your business the most, what you want to prioritize. Or if you can't afford it, it's not in your budget, you just don't want to pay, but you still want to watch these videos, you can watch all of these videos for free by going to our YouTube channel and watching them as they come out. But by the way, we only release one a week. And so a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that are starting out will just go to our YouTube channel that's got hundreds of videos and they'll just watch things there and then they join for the actual event free and they wait for the videos for the following year to come out. Others will pay to just get access instantly and that's of course where we make our money on the tickets. So that's the YouTube, we've talked about the blogs, and then of course we have, um, I really should, should stop saying of course. So I've talked about the written blog content, I've talked about YouTube videos. Both of those now have good organic amounts. We actually just crossed uh, a quarter million views on all of our YouTube videos. And so the final piece of the puzzle, at least for us, is newsletters. So we send out weekly newsletters that go out to everyone on our list. I think we've got about 25,000 made service owners that get those emails. And every single week, our team puts together a newsletter that includes the latest video and a couple of other resources, pretty basic, basic like newsletter marketing stuff. But if you're a solo SaaS founder, if you've got a small team right now and you don't have a marketer yet, writing a newsletter is just one of so many other tasks that you have to do 
on like a weekly or you know monthly basis or you may not even do it at all right now because it's just too much effort and so this is a great way to solve that problem it gives you something to send an email about every single week without fail without too much too much thought and so those are the three ways that we repurpose the content and uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of this section that has massively increased our SEO we rank number one for almost every major keyword that we want to and our blog gets I don't know, tens of thousands of views every single um, every single month. That may not sound like that much. If you're an SEO expert listening to this, you're probably scoffing at that and going, oh, like, you know, that that's nothing. But because we're so niche, getting 10,000 people visiting our site when they're perfect fits for what we sell and how we monetize, that's massive for a business like ours. And, you know, I want to get us to six figures, but for now, it's a-okay that it's just five. Not going to be complaining about that. So... Okay, cool. So the uh, results again were we made $28,000 by creating a year's worth of content, more than a year's worth of content. We built up industry industry influencers, industry, uh, industry partnerships. We helped them to win and we pretty much improved every single number across our software funnel. And of course, we increased our MRR while doing all of this. Pretty, pretty amazing results. I'm not going to lie. I would have never guessed that the Made Summit would have had this sort of impact on on Zenmade when we were first organizing it but it's been by far the single biggest driver of of like attention for us and then with all of the repurposing that we do it it just turns into this ongoing machine that we're going to continue doing this every year but if i wanted to 80 20 zen made and to just kind of eliminate all of like our marketing this is the one thing that i would do including like the repurposing i would just do this and i could have a small team make this happen without all of the other things that we've tried and that we're working on in zen made that you're going to hear about later in 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 this uh, this podcast and by that i mean in future uh future episodes so if you enjoyed this please um subscribe on whatever podcast podcast player you were listening to tell a friend reach out to me on twitter if you you know if you've got any feedback if you've got any questions or if there's anything else that i can help you uh, you can also reach out to me on twitter if you're interested in me having a conversation with heather from my team who is our new head of marketing that we actually promoted her after she ran the last summit to head of marketing if you'd like to hear a conversation with the two of about this and to answer some questions that you guys might have just shoot me a dm on twitter tweet about it whatever it might be 